Listen. Learn. Connect. Join the conversation. You're with Cape Talk. All right, so the U.S. midterm election campaign entered a frenzied final day and a vote seen as a verdict on Donald Trump's presidency. Now, the opposition Democrats are hoping to retake control of the House of Representatives while Republicans seek to tighten their grip on the Senate. Now, turnout is expected to be high, with more than 34 million Americans already having voted in the election. Both Donald Trump and uh, Democrat Barack Obama rallied supporters on Sunday. Well, for the latest on the U.S., U.S. midterms. I'm delighted to be joined by our EWN U.S. correspondent Nadia Niafitu, who is watching the story for us. Nadia, great to have you back on. How are you? Fantastic to be back on, uh, Sarah Jane. Always lovely to talk to you. So, tell us what's what's really at stake here. Put it in a context for us. For those of us, and that includes yes. me, whose U.S. politics is not particularly top notch, why is this a bigger deal than previous midterms have been? Well, this is the this is the issue at stake. You know, uh, President Donald Trump. It seems like this is almost his name is not even not going to be on the ballot itself. But it feels as if this is really sort of an indication of whether the American public really is going along with his campaign, uh, his sorry, his governing style right now, or they have not had enough. You know, that they've had enough. Because this is a midway mark of his his first term in, in elected office, and these midterms happen every. You know, every two years, it's the halfway point. It's the barometer of how things are going. But because he has courted so much controversy and scandal in the past two years, there has been this uh, increased talk of the, the importance of these midterms because many people didn't turn up last time to vote. And a lot of the pundits, political pundits, believe this is the reason why uh, Factors including, you know, the low voter turnout led to the likes of Donald Trump becoming president. So, you know, you essentially have the way that the U.S. government is set up here. The two major uh, arms of, of government that control the laws, that make the laws, are the House of Representatives and the Senate. And these are under the control of the Republicans. So you're seeing a lot of Democrats energized, re-energized now to try and get some power back uh, and some back some, some of the legislative control that they had, all the policies and uh, you know, the, the, the laws and, and the, the moves that President, that President Barack Obama, the former president, made, a lot of them have been undone by President Donald Trump. So this is kind of a way to try and get back some of that that uh, the moves that were made and the progress that people see were made, you know, had been made up until now. So we have all 435 seats of the House of Representatives that need to be decided because those are always elected every two years. Uh, but the Senate is a different story because they're the lawmakers. They have six-year terms. So they stand for re-election every two years. So we're looking at about a third there. So there's 35 seats in a 100-member Senate. And it looks like there are quite a few, about 17 or so, that could go in favor of the Democrats, but there are quite a few as well that could go either way. So it's, you know, there's a sense of it would be, you know, great for the Democrats to, to achieve that kind of a uh, little bit more, gain a little bit more traction there, but the, the Senate seems as if it's going to be quite harder for them to, to break to break ground on or to, to gain some more control back for, for in, in that part of the, the government. And we also have 36 out of the 50 state governors uh, up for office. So there, there are all these small and little uh, elections that are going to go on and are going to basically complete the midterm election uh, as a whole. And, and if the, the, the representatives, the House of Representatives, uh, you know, the Republicans still keep their hold on this, it would essentially validate 
President Donald Trump's governing style and, and give them sort of give him and, and the Republicans sort of full steam ahead to move his agenda further. If they don't get that majority, if they lose it, uh, they will now have to go on to, uh, the Republicans will have to go on to a defense, you know, to protect him and to, to kind of see where to from here. So it is really a huge barometer of the temperature of what people are feeling and how much they've been moved in the last two years to side with President Donald Trump's policies or to say we want something different? I guess also it's it's particularly uh, it's it's a particularly interesting uh, midterm in, in a way that hasn't been before because of the very controversial figure uh, that Donald Trump is. I'm not sure that in the history, uh, certainly not in my lifetime, uh, perhaps uh, maybe a bush or two, but really uh, in the history of, of, uh, of the US, there hasn't been really a more controversial president. He's really divided the country. He's divided the world, really. Um, and so it, it will be fascinating to see uh, th- the outcome. So let's talk about there's, there's a day left. Let's talk about what's likely to happen. When will we start to get a very a clear picture uh, of uh, of of the results? Well, the polls will open 6 a.m. till 6 p.m. here in the U.S. Uh, in, in New York on the East Coast. So you're likely to start seeing some numbers come in, uh, final numbers come in from 6 p.m. Eastern time onwards. But it could take a few hours, it could take a few days to really get uh, the full idea. But I know, you know, likely the way that they they like to work very quickly here. So it. it seems as if we would hopefully start to see some of those real numbers trickle in and by the time you wake up in South Africa uh, on Wednesday morning, a clearer idea should be uh, of kind of the direction that it's going to go. But, you know, you do speak about him being so controversial and indeed, I mean, the mood right now is so highly charged. You have uh, everybody, at least here in the US, in, in New York, there are so many stores that are closing for the day. That there are companies that have arranged uh, paid leave for people to go and vote because this really is kind of a whole push behind getting people out there and making sure that they can do, you know, the companies and, and the people who have the power to help ensure that people are voting. Celebrities, big-name politicians. We just had the New York City Marathon yesterday, and there were so many posters saying, you know, after you after you run the marathon, go vote. It's it's really this, it's such a, it's a sweeping through here. And I mean, I was here for the previous midterm elections. It was nothing like this. You, of course, didn't have a president who was promoting an advert with these racial connotations to it uh, about this migrant caravan that is making its way uh, across Central America through Mexico here to the U.S. border with Mexico. You know, this, that a lot of the, uh, the news outlets and TV stations have pulled this advert in which uh, President Donald Trump is going back to the hardline that he had when he was campaigning to become president. Mm. He's using this for the midterm elections to go hard and dig his heels in further on the line of immigration, you know, playing up this fear uh, that people, uh, you know, that their jobs are being taken away from them by immigrants coming over, that, you know, they are very bad people, a quote that he likes to use all the time. We've never seen a president use Twitter and the language that he has used on Twitter in such a divisive way, such a uh, baiting way. And so this, this, you know, this racial atmosphere at the moment is being played on and it's it's just contributed to uh, a very charged atmosphere. There are reports of these automated phone calls in Florida and Georgia uh, that are dragging this already toxic political campaign to even new lows, targeting, you know, the two candidates who could become the first ever African-American governors of both Florida and Georgia. So it really is something that we haven't seen before here in the U.S. and it's affecting the world.
So essentially, what and, and th- we had a couple of questions in last week, sort of asking, we don't really understand the midterm elections, and I had to sort of hold up my hands and say, well, well nor do I really. So essentially, what we're looking at mm. is to gauge some feeling as to how things are going for Trump uh, generally, mm. a, a sort of, I guess, from not a referendum as such, but just 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 a gauge as to uh, how the country is responding to him. But also in terms of the control of Congress, this could essentially mm. mean that if if the Democrats um, are successful. Is he, he's something of a, his, his, his powers are largely limited in terms of the, the legislation that he can put through. Yes, but also, you know, this whole issue of the Russian uh, interference, alleged interference mm. in uh, the election, mm. the presidential elections, this could affect that because if the Democrats do take back some of that power in Congress, they'll be able to push forward with whatever um, Mueller, Mueller, who is, is investigating this, uh, he has been uh, tasked with you know, looking into this investigation, whatever he comes up with, um, he, they could go ahead with perhaps whatever recommendations he makes. Whereas if uh, President Donald Trump has that, that uh, upper hand, so to speak, if, if the Republicans con- control, uh, remain with the control that they have in the, in the you know, House of Representatives and the Senate, then we might not see that go fully through. You know, we might not see him be able to be investigated properly or the actions that many people want to see. Impeachment Impeachment, is one thing that people are talking about, you know. And this is why it has such major repercussions. Yes, it can get very confusing when you have to think about, oh, how many seats and which are the states that are uh, needed to, to gain power and why. But it's also because of the makeup of the way that this country is, uh, the way that they, they do, they govern. Uh, you know, you have the popular vote versus the electoral college. So we know that uh, Hillary Clinton had more votes, almost mm-hmm. three million more votes than President Donald Trump because of the electoral college, which ensures that the, 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 the weight given to a vote from someone in a rural city is still the same as, a, as the, the vote given to somebody in a, in a popular city, like, say, for example, New York, New York. Uh, and so it's not really, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't add up essentially if you're thinking about well, the person who gets the most votes should be the president, but because of the way that the government is set up here and the elections are, uh, you know, the way they play out, it is it is it's sometimes difficult to, to wrap your head around. But that is essentially what we are looking at. If uh, the, the Republicans continue to have this hold on Congress, uh, the repercussions for whether or not the the, the, the Russians did in, were involved and what kind of uh, blowback uh, President Donald Trump will face from that. That's one of the big issues from this. Immigration, what's going to happen? Is he going to continue this really hard line on immigration and continue with his uh, application for a wall and and stricter legislation and all of these things? This This will really determine a lot of that. So it is a very, very strong political gauge. Nadia, always great to chat. Thanks for the update. And uh, yeah, hopefully we will uh, have an answer or uh, certainly a clearer picture uh, in in a few hours' time. Sarah Jane, I have one more update. Yes. You wondered what happened to Sarah Brightman. Yes. She is about to release the new album uh, in next week or this week. So How do you know you that, know. <laughs> madam? How have you got that little inside bit of... <laughs> I like to keep up to date with what's <laughs> happening in the, in, the, in the arts and entertainment world. <laughs> Good for you. Sarah Brightman. Are you a, are you a musical theatre fan, Nadia? My, my dad loved her, so I grew up to the soundtrack of... Uh, of the opera. <laughs> well, thank you for that bonus piece of information. <laughs> That's now dear Neofitu, our EWN correspondent, speaking to us live from New York this evening.